0: section 19 of the american egypt this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the american egypt by channing arnold and frederick j tabor frost section 19 copan and quirigua time did not allow of, nor indeed had we ever contemplated a visit to guatemala and the ruins of copan and quirigua or to those scarcely less important ones in the state of chiapas and around the usumacinta river but these are so intricately connected with the problems of the origin of mayan civilization and with those views which we venture to advance in a later chapter that we have thought it best to give here some account of the results of the exploration and excavation work among these groups the ruins of copan are situated in the frontier country of guatemala and the republic of honduras on the east bank of the copan river which flows into the motagua finally emptying into the bay of honduras near omoa the name copan seems to be strictly that of a district or province but it is now used as the title of a village which has sprung up among the ruins of the history of copan in the century immediately succeeding the spanish conquest somewhat confusing accounts are given the truth is that north-westward of the ruins right in the heart of guatemala proper stands a town Coban, and the past of these two places would appear to have become a good deal mixed the spanish historian francisco antonio fuentes y guzman relates that a town of the name which he places in the old province of chiquimula de sierras was besieged by hernandez de Chavez in fifteen thirty a desperate resistance was made by the indians in defence of an entrenchment formed of strong beams of timber The interstices filled with earth with loopholes for the discharge of arrows. Finally, a Spanish horseman blundered through at one weak spot, and the Indians were routed. The account of this battle cannot very easily be reconciled with the description of ruined Copan given by J. L. Stevens and Mr. A. P. Maudsley stevens describes it as surrounded by a wall of cut stone well laid and of what seems the incredible height of a hundred feet but allowing for any exaggeration of enthusiasm he was there in eighteen thirty nine and it was the first mayan ruin he had ever set eyes upon it seems certain that the old copan was a powerful and well fortified city and mr maudsley is probably right in his suggestion that it had been abandoned before the spanish conquest this is certainly suggested if not actually corroborated by the only spanish account of the ruins extant writing at the time of the conquest vicenciado diego palacio an officer of the audiencia de guatemala reports to king philip the second of spain on the eighth of march fifteen seventy six as follows i endeavoured with all possible care to ascertain from the indians through the traditions derived from the ancients what people lived here or what they knew or had heard from their ancestors concerning them but they had no books relating to their antiquities nor do i believe that in all this district there is more than one which i possess they say that in the ancient times there came from yucatan a great lord who built these edifices but that at the end of some years he returned to his native country leaving them entirely deserted and this is what appeared to be most likely for tradition says that The people of Yucatan in time past conquered the provinces of Uyahal, Lacandon, Verapaz, Chiquimula, and Copan, and it is certain that the Apay language which is spoken here is current and understood in Yucatan and the aforesaid provinces. It also appears that the designs of these edifices are like those which the spaniards first discovered in yucatan and tabasco it is quite certain that copan was in ruins in fifteen seventy six because palacio's letter continues on the road to the city of san pedro in the first town within the province of honduras called copan are certain ruins and vestiges of a great population and of superb edifices and splendour as it would appear they could never have been built by the natives of that province the ruins are as we have said on the river bank and stevens concluded judging from the dispersal of the stone remains found throughout the woodlands that the city had a river frontage of some two miles On the western bank the only ruin is one on the top of a mountain two thousand feet high and it seems probable that this was an isolated shrine and that the city did not extend to the western bank a very important feature of copan one to which we shall have to refer in a later chapter is the absence of all remains of palaces or private buildings such as we have described at chichen and uxmal the existing ruins consist of pyramidal structures and terraces but apparently without any relics of buildings crowning them the chief ruin is that which Stevens calls the temple it is an oblong enclosure the river wall of which is no less than six hundred twenty four feet long and varies in height from sixty to ninety feet it is built of cut stones from three to six feet in length and one and a half broad the other three sides of this enclosure consist of ranges of steps and pyramidal structures varying in height Measured on the slope from thirty to one hundred forty feet. Near the southwest corner of the river wall, Stevens found a recess which he suggests was once occupied by a colossal monument fronting the water. Beyond are the remains of two small pyramids, between which he found traces of a gateway probably the chief entrance to the city on the river side the south side of the enclosure has in its eastern corner a huge pyramid one hundred twenty feet high on the slope to the right of this are other terraces and pyramids with what was probably a gateway into a quadrangle two hundred fifty feet square here, Stevens found many sculptured stones. Notable among these, a series of gigantic sculptured heads ranged in rows halfway up the side of one of the pyramids. These he took to be death's heads, but he afterwards reconsidered this decision and suggested that they were intended for apes' heads for this view he found corroboration in the remains of a colossal ape carved in stone which lay fallen nearby and which certainly seems to suggest that the early occupants of copan may have reckoned a monkey deity in their mythology remarkable too was the carving of a head and bust which appears to be a distinct effort at portraiture Facing eastward, six feet from the pyramid base, he found the first of those many stelae, the upright stones, which give Copan its special interest in the Mayan controversy. We here reproduce his representation of it. It is thirteen feet high, four feet wide, and three feet deep, and is sculptured on all four sides from base to summit it had originally been colored the red paint still adhering in places some eight feet away there was a large block of sculptured stone easily identifiable as an altar on it was carved in the front a full-length figure on the sides are hieroglyphics these stele and altars are the peculiar features of the copan ruins nothing like them has been discovered so far in yucatan and from them it is possible to draw certain deductions as we shall endeavour to do later a little further on Stevens found another stila of the same size the eastern side of the enclosure consists of an almost continuous pyramid-shaped structure broken here and there by isolated pyramids at right angles to it a confused range of terraces ornamented with deaths heads branch off into the forest this plan of building appears to have continued throughout the north side till the river wall was again reached stevens says that he found no entire pyramid each mound consisting of at most two or three pyramid sides and joined siamese twinned fashion to erections of the same kind the outer side of the pyramidal mound which thus appears to have formed a confused and rough continuous border for a huge square littered with stele and their altars was broken here and there by stairways the steps about eighteen inches square these stairs had originally been painted the interior of this enclosed space was occupied by a series of smaller pyramidal mounds and many stele one of the most remarkable of this latter is notable as being, though about the same height as the last shown, shaped differently, being broader at the top than at the base. Near it is a most remarkable altar. Like the stelae, the Copan altars are monolithic. Each one, Stevens reports, appears to have special reference to its stela the carvings differing the four corners of this monolith had been carved into ball-shaped feet upon which the altar rested the whole was six feet square and four high the top is carved with hieroglyphics the four sides are sculptured each with four human figures in bas-relief and it is noteworthy that this is the only example of such carving found by Stevens, all the stili and altars being in bold alto relief the west side of the sculptures appears to be the chief one for there the principal figures are represented as addressing each other while on the other sides the figures are seated as if mere attendants at a ceremonious meeting between chiefs it will be noticed in the pictures reproduced that the figures are all seated in a peculiar cross-legged fashion suggestive of nothing so much as the attitude of the figures on the buddhist stupas each man appears to sit on a cushion which displays a glyph probably his name or office between the two chief interlocutors is carved a pair of glyphs. It is remarkable, as Stevens points out, that the figures do not appear to be armed. This is quite the exception among Mayan monuments, and if Stevens is correct in believing that there is no representation of weapons in any of the ruins at Copan, and he is corroborated, by mr maudsley who made a careful survey he would seem to be certainly justified in his conclusion that the ancient inhabitants were not pre-eminently fighters we shall show that another most important conclusion is possible close to this altar stephens found the ruins of two towers at each side of a staircase half-way up was a pit lined with stone five feet square and seventeen feet deep at the bottom was an opening leading to a chamber ten feet long five feet odd wide and four feet high at each end of the chamber was a niche it was clearly a sepulchral vault and the colonel galindo who in seventeen seventy was the first man to visit Copan with a view to archaeological investigations put this beyond dispute by his discovery on the floor and in the niches of a number of vases and dishes of pottery more than fifty of which he declared were full of human bones packed in lime he also found several sharp-edged and pointed knives of chaya a kind of flint and a small head carved in jade its eyes nearly closed the lower part of the face distorted and the back symmetrically pierced with holes there could be no doubt as to the use of this curious carving we have ourselves seen in yucatan exquisite pieces of jade cut into face form and pierced these were talismanic plastrons worn by the priests on their breast much as the lord mayor of london wears the city badge we shall suggest later that these badges constitute valuable evidence as to the origin of the building civilization in the reproduction of the elliptical tablet from the palace at palenque on page two hundred seventeen just such an amulet is seen decorating the breast of the deity there figured colonel galindo also found many jade beads and large quantities of periwinkle shells it might be here worth mention that we ourselves found in a ruin we were examining on cozumel island a large conch shell filled with charcoal which was actually embedded in the outer wall its position forbade the idea of it or the charcoal having got there by mere chance just above the sepulchral vault Stevens found a passageway opening through the side of the pyramid and running as far as the river wall where there was an oblong opening which has caused the ruins to be locally known as las ventanas the windows the passageway was just large enough for a man to crawl through on his stomach Stevens looked in vain for any remains of buildings juaros the spanish historian of guatemala quoting fuentes declared that between two of the pyramids at copan was suspended a hammock of stone containing two human figures one of each sex Clothed in Indian style, astonishment is forcibly excited in viewing this structure because, large as it is, there is no appearance of the component parts being joined together, and though entirely of one stone and of an enormous weight, it may be put in motion by the slightest impulse of the hand. For this, Stevens also looked, but in vain though he found an indian who declared that his grandfather had spoken of such a relic the whole account sounds incredible Stevens discovered the stone quarries of copan a range of hills some two miles north from the river running east to west out of the side of the hill the pre-columbian masons had cut the materials for the many stili, pyramids and steps which lay in the plain below stevens found many blocks which had been quarried and then rejected for some defects and in one ravine leading towards the river was a huge monolith larger than any used in the ruins which had been left thus halfway on its journey to the city how such huge masses of stone were carried over even two miles of woodland must always remain one of the greatest of the many puzzles which the erection of the cyclopean mayan buildings presents to baffled archaeology to the south of the enclosure described Stevens found within terraced walls a group of stelae and altars he thinks that these walls and their statues formed an annex of the large enclosure which he is probably right in calling the main temple the stili were quite close together and are of such interest both artistically and archaeologically that we cannot resist the temptation of reproducing some of them from stephen's excellent plates the monoliths averaged twelve feet in height and are such masses of ingenious ornamentation as would arrest attention even if found as relics of a race the civilization of which was perfectly understood but here we have a series of the most intricate alto-reliefs undertaken with such success that they can be accurately copied after many centuries Stevens found that the copan quarries blocks of half prepared stone with hard flints embedded in them these blocks had been rejected by the workmen for the very excellent reason that their only tools were flint chisels and with these of course they could not shape smoothly the side of the stone which contained flints at the back of one of the steely Stevens found that flints had been picked out leaving holes which formed flaws in the sculpture nothing can more plainly indicate the limitations imposed upon these wonderful artists by the circumstances of their culture they were in the stone age but it was a stone age so glorified by their skill that it would put to shame many modern nations armed with tools of precision mr a p maudsley visited copan in eighteen eighty four and in the course of his investigations excavated one of the mounds he corroborates the statement of Stevens that the monuments of copan show no traces of buildings such as are found in yucatan the mound excavated ran almost to a point On the east side were the remains of steps the upper part was formed of rough blocks of stone interspersed with layers of cement and sand the lower part of the mound was formed of stone and earth and below ground level digging twelve feet down he found nothing but solid earth some six feet from the top of the mound he came across a vessel of pottery containing a bead-shaped piece of green stone pierced with a diameter of two and 3 inches six jade beads the remains of a necklace four pearls and small rough figures cut out of pearl oyster shells the jade whorl of a spindle some pieces of carved pearl shells at the bottom of the pot was some red powder and several ounces of quicksilver a foot or more above the pot mr maudsley found traces of bones but he does not say whether they were human or animal on the ground level were more bones mixed with red powder and sand and a bead-shaped stone three inches in diameter eight or nine feet below ground level, he unearthed the skeleton of a jaguar beneath a layer of charcoal. The teeth and part of the skeleton had been painted red. This is very curious. It is obvious that the animal had not served as a burnt sacrifice, or the bones would have been charred. The flesh must have been stripped off, and the painting done before burial mr maudsley does not explain this strange find might it not be that the animal was sacrificed on the altar of the neighbouring as a dedicatory offering to the god in whose honour the mound was about to be erected a kind of consecration sacrifice which had as its purpose the obtaining of the deity's blessing on the new undertaking the flesh may have been eaten or possibly burnt after it had been removed from the bones the skeleton being painted red before entombment as a complement to the colour of the deity's own such burial of a victim after sacrifice to obtain a blessing upon a new undertaking is a very common rite among savage peoples thus the Dayaks and other peoples of malaysia killed a slave and buried his body in the foundations of a house in another small mound mr maudsley found fragments of human bones two small axes and portions of a jaguar's skeleton and some animal teeth which he suggests were dogs but which were probably jaguars in yet another mound stones carved into death's heads were found and small stone serpents heads he speaks too of figures of jaguars carved on either side of the stairway of one of the pyramids and on the top step a human head in the jaws of an animal he believes that he found traces of glyphs on the facings of the steps and the edges of many of the stairways were elaborately carved usually with entwining snakes his reports make it obvious that Stevens had not exaggerated in any degree the wonders of copan it is indeed very doubtful if the spaniards at the time of the conquest ever came across the ruins though as Stevens points out cortes in his memorable journey from mexico to honduras must have passed within two days march of the city this fact certainly goes far to prove that in cortes's day copan was already deserted or he would have heard of it and turned aside to subdue its cacique but after all this is but theorising the spaniards may have seen copan in all its wonder of carving and paint and been so little impressed as to leave us not a line about it for as even the ever amiable Stevens admits The conquerors of America were illiterate and ignorant adventurers, eager in pursuit of gold and blind to everything else. The ruins of Quirigua stand on a level plain covered by dense forest, a little more than half a mile from the left bank of the Motagua River near Encuentros, some five miles from the town of Quirigua. They consist of monuments almost identical in shape and arrangement with those of Copan. Mr. Maudsley, to whose patient and scholarly researches there for several years, archaeology is indebted for the remarkable detailed account contained in the Biologia Centrali Americana, says the site must have always been subject to inundations and that the level of the ground would appear to have been raised since the monuments were erected he describes the ruins as consisting of numerous square and oblong mounds and terraces six to forty feet high most of them are faced with worked stone and approached by steps in the central space around which they are grouped stand thirteen carved stele six of these vary between three and five feet square and fourteen to twenty feet high out of the ground the altars in front of this stele are described by mr Maudsley as oblong or rounded blocks of stone shaped to represent huge turtles or armadillos or some such animals the largest altar found by him was shaped like a turtle weighed about twenty tons rested on three slabs and was roughly a cube of eight feet he says that the carvings on the stili and altars are human heads or faces of animals and that plants or leaves never occur though there is a free use of plumes and feathers and occasionally a plaited ribbon mr maudsley's account supports in the main stephen's short account of the place the stele the latter describes as being twice or three times as high as those at copan and always monolithic one of which he gives a drawing is carved on the front with the figure of a man on the back with that of a woman the sides are covered with hieroglyphics in low relief just as at Copán. another stela stands twenty-six feet out of the ground and as stevens said has probably six or eight feet buried it is notable as leaning twelve feet two inches out of the perpendicular the side towards the ground is ornamented with the figure of a man as has been said the general type of the ruins is identical with those at copan but the monoliths though much larger are carved in lower relief and the ornamentation is distinctly less rich in design stephen's supposition was that quirigua is older than copan mr maudsley believes that the whole site was once paved he notes that the carvings exhibit no weapons this as we have mentioned was specially remarked by Stevens at copan there is much significance in this fact though we scarcely think that it justifies the presumption to which it seems to have led mr maudsley who in a paper he wrote for nature in eighteen ninety two declares the colossal figures on the stele of copan to represent female deities exclusively end of section nineteen recording by shenna Serre, fresno california